Hey, what's up? Man, worship team, thank you all so much. That was great. Okay, guys, hey, so we are going to start a new section of our sermon series, basically sort of more into the maintaining friendships section now. We talked about starting, beginning friendships for a few weeks. So this is kind of kicking that off, and there's a lot of questions you guys have all over the map about maintaining friendships. So um, the one I'm kind of approaching today is a, a question you guys worded in a few different ways. Here's a couple of the examples. Uh, what's the balance between being honest and avoiding small talk? Uh, the balance of speaking the word of truth and avoiding godless chatter? Um, what is depth in a relationship? What isn't it? So it kind of seemed like this balance between depth and fun. People were kind of wondering what's when is one too much or whatever. So I couldn't really tell exactly what you guys were concerned about. Maybe not everybody's in the same spot. Like maybe some of you guys, your friendships are so boring that you're just like, there has to be more to this. Maybe can I can these be more fun? And others of you are like, I haven't, I'm having so much fun with my friends. Something's probably wrong. I'm probably doing something wrong. I'm probably going to get in trouble because of how much fun I'm having. It seemed like if you're in an extreme, you're in one of those probably. Um, but it was an interesting question. It was an interesting trend that you guys all asked something, a lot of you guys asked something similar in that vein. So um, I think some of y'all probably need to hear one thing and some of y'all need to hear another. Some of y'all might be in the, in the camp of your friendships, your hangouts are all super serious and deep all the time and you're wanting some levity there. Others of you might have started to realize that maybe some of your friendships are shallow. So I'm going to try to approach both of those topics a little bit today in a kind of, it's kind of short, I think, at least, we'll see. Uh, and also not super deep on either of these things. We're going to talk more about what depth in a friendship is like in future sermons. This is sort of just an intro about the balance between fun and, and depth. Those are the words that you guys kind of used. Uh, there are probably better words there, but that's just what I went with. So my first point is just in defense of fun, friendships are meant to bring joy to our lives. Amen? Amen. So uh, the first thing that came to mind for me on this it was right out of the gate in Genesis 2, um, 15 through 22. We are all familiar with this. I'm just going to read this to you. Um, but the Lord God took the man and placed him in the Garden of Eden to work it and watch over it. The Lord God commanded the man, you're free to eat from any tree of the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For on that day you eat from it, you'll certainly die. Then the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper corresponding to him. So the Lord God formed out of the ground every wild animal, every bird of the sky, and brought each to the man to see what he would call it. And whatever the man called the living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the livestock, to the birds of the sky, to every wild animal, but for the man, no helper was found corresponding to him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to come over the man, and he slept. God took one of his ribs and closed the flesh at that place. Then the Lord God made the rib he had taken from the man into a woman and brought her to, to the man. So this occurs so quickly in the creation story. It is not good for man to be alone. It's like we're chapter two. God realizes quickly, man, people, people need people. And there's not a lot of detail said by God. At this point, it doesn't seem like he's trying to accomplish something really specific for Adam specifically. Uh, he doesn't seem to be like, man, Adam really needs to work on his interpersonal skills. You know, he's just not very social, anything like that. It wasn't like, I need some way to help Adam grow as a person, so I'll just make him, force someone to be with him that 
annoys him or makes him have to care about somebody else or whatever. It kind of, the detail we have is just that it seems like this was for Adam's benefit, for human's benefit. God thought of a way to make his creation more good. Good is the word that's used in every stage of creation. And, uh, and he said, that, oh man, you know, it's not good that man's alone. Let's change that. And so um, I think that's just interesting that right out of the gate, sort of this, obviously that's a lot of what we talk about for marriage, but even just for company, for friendship, for having companionship. Like early on, God realized this is something very to our nature as humans. I think he made us this way. I think he really understands our need for each other. And we see that in other places of scripture, just this basic level of truth around the fact that it's better to be with people. Um, For one, just that God seemed to really care about people groups, groups of people, keeping them together. Um, He made an entire nation out of that, out of Abraham, out of Abraham's family, out of the descendants of Abraham, kept them together, watched over them, brought them to Egypt to sustain them through a famine, brought them out of slavery in Egypt, gave them a place to live. You know, God cares about community as well as individual, you know? That's something that is really true about God's heart for us. I think he knows us better than we know ourselves. So he was doing that before we realized we needed it, you know? Uh, And then also there's places in, so say like the books of wisdom, Proverbs, other areas in the Old Testament, that just have this recurring theme about friendship being an important part of our lives. And not even necessarily for like gaining wisdom, but sometimes it's just said in this very basic truth kind of way. Like it's good to have friends in your life, like in a way that's kind of fun Sometimes it's more serious, but like Proverbs 27, 9 says, Oil and incense bring joy to the heart, and the sweetness of a friend is better than self-counsel. It's better to be with people. It's so sweet. It's better than oil. It's better than incense. I know we all love our oil and incense, you know. But we, I think we mostly prefer people to that stuff, you know. And then we're all familiar with this one too, Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpens iron, and one person sharpens another. It's a little more how we help each other grow, but it's still this like base level good to be with people. Proverbs 18, 24 says, one with many friends may be harmed, but there's a friend who stays closer than a brother. So there's a lot of examples like this. And some of them are about the advice kind of element uh, and wisdom of friendship, but also it's just a common thread that it's in these parts of the Old Testament seem to be in basic agreement of this truth that friendship's good. It's basic part of life. It's essential to us. We need it. Humans need it. It's good for us. And obviously a big part of our example for this sermon series is Jesus himself. Unfortunately, we don't have a lot of examples of Jesus like cutting up with the disciples and just, you know, hackling about stuff and joking around. But I really believe it was there, you know. I believe that Jesus was definitely a funny guy. We have some examples of his like sarcasm and stuff like that. But just the lightheartedness I'm sure was there. I mean, him and the disciples were breaking bread together all the time, hanging out. People accused him of being like a drunkard because he was hanging out with people and eating all the time. Sounds like they were probably laughing and causing a ruckus, and the Pharisees didn't like that, you know? Um, But I I would say that not only do I think Jesus probably had a sense of humor, but I bet he was very, very funny. I mean, he was fully God, fully man, lived the perfect life. He, I think, was very, very funny. That might seem like heresy to you guys, but uh, good luck proving me wrong. I dare you. So that's kind of just a little, what I could kind of find about fun, lightheartedness, the goodness of just the basics of friendship, being with people, before we even really get into the depth and the content of a friendship, just the basic level. It's good to be together. It's fun. It's what we need. Jesus had fun with his disciples. Um, So 
I have a story of a friendship like this where it was one of my friends, especially right after, I think this was one of my key friendships right after I finished school, someone I spent a lot of time with. We had so much fun together. This is a person who I laughed all the time with. He was like, we had the same sense of humor in a lot of ways, and I just could not get enough of hanging out with him. And then uh, maybe like two years after, after I graduated, he moved away from Denton. So that happens, you know. That's the, that's the curse of Denton. But after that, I found out that there had been a lot of hard things going on in his life, in his family, in himself. He was struggling with a lot of stuff. Um, and I had no idea about any of that. <laughs> I was pretty content to just have fun with him, which I realized after the fact. You know what I mean? Which is a bummer. That's the caution, I think, of when we prioritize fun and just hanging out um, and laughing and stuff like that too highly in a friendship, I think it's the unfortunate side is that we can miss stuff that's important for people that we love and care about. And I've thought about that friendship a lot because for me it, was, it only took one of those for me to really think, like, I don't want that to happen again. Like, if someone doesn't share something with you, that's up to them. But I wasn't asking. I was content to just be buddies, you know, to just love to go... Um, joke around, watch a TV show together and all that stuff. And it wasn't deep. And, um, and that, that, for me, has stuck with me. So it's just a caution. Fun without depth is not good. My second point, um, this is kind of going over to the depth side, is that friendships are built on depth, okay? That's how they're built, becoming more than just buddies, and so some of Jesus' words and actions go straight to deep really quickly when we read um, what he says. For example, one of his most famous quotes about friendship is this in John 15. As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and I remain in his love. I've told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants anymore because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I've called you friends because I have made known to you everything I've heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. This is what I command you. Love one another. So obviously this passage isn't intended to give us like a neat, clean definition of friendship, but Jesus clearly uses the word friend multiple times. I think we can learn a lot from what things Jesus connects to that word. You know, he's talking about something much bigger, deeper than just having fun, hanging out, and being buddies. Um, Living life with people, loving them enough that you'd lay down your life for your friend. That's, that's how Jesus talks about friendship. And he puts friendship and love just hand in hand directly. And not in like the casual word use of, the, of love that we often kind of throw around, like loving coffee, which I do love coffee, but um, he compares it to himself, his own standard of love. The kind of love that he's shown us, a sacrificial love that he didn't just talk about he also then did it. You know, he's literally talking about what he's going to do. Lay down his life for the disciples, lay down his life for us. It's a love that values the other person more than yourself, yeah. even to the point of death. 
Um, Paul kind of takes this a step further even in a passage we're all familiar with, but I want you to think about it not in the weddings that you've attended, okay? In 1 Corinthians 13, Paul talks about love in this same really weighty way. Uh, Think about it more in the very normal sense of love with your friends, just right off the heels of what Jesus just said. If I speak human or angelic tongues but do not have love, I'm a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains but I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give away all my possessions and give over my body in order to boast but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy, is not boastful, is not arrogant. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking or irritable. It does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but it rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So to love in these ways would absolutely take depth. For us to be able to love a friend in this way, we'd have to know them. I mean, I think we're supposed to love even strangers too, but the way that this like very high standard has been set by Jesus and then also followed up by Paul, it's going to take depth. It's going to take us knowing um, the people that we spend time with, caring about them, asking them about them, knowing their lives and their story, their struggles, their difficulties. Um, it's going to take that for us to love them well, you know? It's a little easy to say you love somebody if you don't know anything about them, but do you really, you know? I think there's that depth that's really needed. And I think there's also something that's worth saying about our time being limited, you know? Um, James says, uh, you don't know what tomorrow will bring or what your life will be. You're like a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes. So we don't have a ton of time. And not to be a downer because these are pretty deep goals, Uh, We just kind of, by reading those things, learn that we need to sacrifice ourselves for our friends. Love is super, super hard. And also, we're all going to die soon. Okay? So that's what happens, I think, a little bit if you go way, way, way to the deep side, the depth side of friendship, and only think about those things. Like, I'm I'm dying soon. Yeah, I guess so. I guess every friendship is a huge downer. And we just need to talk about everything, get it all out there, because we, we could die any day now. So I don't think that's the right extreme to go to, okay, about depth. But these are really good passages to, to uh, defend this idea that we have to have these deep friendships. We have to have this level of love. Um, this is the kind of standard that we're called to by Jesus and one that actually makes a difference and changes people's lives. Uh, so uh, I had a friendship once that was kind of the opposite of one I shared about a second ago. It was all serious all the time. It was like every time I hung out with this guy, you'd think that his entire life was falling apart. And it actually wasn't, but, which I found out later. But every time I started noticing this trend, it's almost like he thought hanging out one-on-one and friendship like that was a time to just share about every negative thing in your life. And I started asking questions eventually and being like, so wait, I mean, how, how's your like, girlfriend? How's your relationship going in there? Or how's, how's your family? And he'd be like, oh, they're good. You know, that's great. <laughs> we had a really fun time the other night. I just realized, like, why is he only ever talking about the sad, horrible things? Like, it's almost like he had a, the opposite problem of, of friendship. And also, he'd always have this really down demeanor until I asked about something like that. He'd be like, well, work's been really tough. And every conversation would be really slow like that. And he'd be like, eventually, I'd be like, okay, 
is there anything cool going on or whatever? And there always was. And I, and I think it's, it's, it's just kind of funny to me because I like dreaded those hangouts until I realized I could do something about it. I could kind of change it and change the things I was asking about, change the perspective and bring some balance to it. But it was that guy, man, I love him. It was great. And I definitely loved hanging out with him more once I realized it didn't always have to be doom and gloom and seriousness. Um, so that's a caution to you. All depth, all seriousness, all doom and gloom, just sharing about all the bad stuff's going on isn't good either if that's the only thing you ever do together. You know, I think Brad and a few others have talked about this. Garrett, Leslie have talked about this as an important balance to have. Um, our friendships can't just be viewed as a counseling appointment that goes two ways or one way or whatever. We really need to have a balance there. So I bet you didn't see that coming. My third point is just that friendships need balance. We have to have balance on this. And I think there's some really good helpful passages that do a good job of showing us, advocating for some kind of balance in community and friendship. Um, they don't talk specifically about friendship necessarily, but it does talk directly to how we live and work and um, grow as a community. So the first one is one I think we're really familiar with, most of us. This is one that at least one year when I was in focus was read like all the time. So Acts chapter 2, the description of the, the, the church in Acts chapter 2, in verse 42 they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple. They broke bread from house to house. They ate food with joyful and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. I think this is a cool picture for a number of reasons, but I think two things we can pull out here is just things like, one, they were together every day. They kind of must have liked hanging out together. They broke bread. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts. These guys enjoyed being together. I don't think they were like, okay, whew, really got to gear myself up to hang out with the same people every day. I don't think they were trying to really pep talk themselves to do that, okay? I think they actually enjoyed being together. But then also, they didn't shy away from the deep, the serious, the important, the needs that people had in their community. They talked about it. They were able to give up, sacrifice things that they had to give it to people who needed it. So I think we have a good picture here of what a balance is like in a community when both things are present. Um, and then Paul talks about this idea that I think would be really helpful for us to figure out uh, in our friendships of, of, of how we adjust ourselves um, to different people in 1 Corinthians verse 9. Sorry, chapter 9. To the Jews I became like a Jew, to win Jews. To those under law, like one under the law. Though I myself am not under the law, to win those under the law. To those who are without the law, like one without the law. Though I'm not without God's law, but under the law of Christ to win those without the law. Here's the important part. To the weak I became weak in order to win the weak. I become all things to all people so that I might be by every possible means able to save some. Now I do all this because of the gospel so that I may share in the blessings. This is the one way I think it's, uh, we can kind of get an idea of what balance looks like. It's, it's being different things to different people based on what they need. You know, Be all things to all people. I think also... 
that requires some, some analysis there a little bit. What do I think this person I'm a friend with uh, needs? What, are, what do they need me to be? And being willing to adjust ourselves within reason to that. Paul definitely talks about that. And, and I think um, there's some extremes there, but really that's, that's one of the ideas. And he kind of follows it up in Romans chapter 12, where he says, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position, and don't be conceited. Um, I just feel like there's a cool idea there that can we be woven directly into our friendships. It's just this idea of being willing to be malleable, adjust ourselves based on what, where somebody's at. Um, one thing Brad said was like, let your observation lead your expectations. Similar idea, if someone's in a really low point, mourn with them. If they're in a really rejoiceful spot, rejoice with them, celebrate with them. They have good news based on what you think they kind of need. Be that to them. Be the best friend you can be um, to them at that time in their life. Another Brad thing. I gotta find some other people to reference. You guys are gonna start thinking pretty highly of Brad if I don't stop. Um, <laughs> just kidding. But I think, uh, this, and this is a slight aside, so that Romans 12 uh, passage is a great one to read. Read chapter 12 if you get a chance. That was like one of the first passages of scripture that I heard one time when I was in high school. I was like helping a guy do sound check for something. And rather than just say check one, two, one, two, like people say, he just was kind of smart and knew how annoying that would get and just opened his Bible up to a random spot. He started reading chapter 12 of Romans. And I was like, man, I guess, I guess the Bible can be like kind of dope. Like that was like the first time I thought that as a high schooler, you know, you're, you've got a bad attitude about everything in the world. I thought all of it was lame, but I was like, this is kind of cool. This Paul guy, I should probably check it out. So I'll, I'll commend that to you. If a, a high schooler with a bad attitude likes it, you probably will like it. So anyway, mourning and rejoicing. Acknowledge where your friends are and act, you know, respond accordingly. Join in with them where they are. Think about what they need. And I really don't think in, the, in any of this, Paul is saying to have the perfect thing to say. Do you notice that? He doesn't say something like, Really say the smartest, wisest thing you know whenever your friend's mourning or rejoicing. He's just really talking about being with them and doing what they're doing, not necessarily having the perfect advice for them, the perfect thing to say. So I think that's kind of a little bit what balance looks like. Um, let's, let me, let's talk a little more specifically about what it looks like in practice. It's something that I, I mentioned in my previous sermon, but just to be purposeful in your friendships. I think in practice, that's a good way to find a balance to be purposeful. And what does that mean? I think a great way to start off to be purposeless in your friendships, or worse, is to mostly think about yourself. That's a great way to be purposeless. Thinking about you, the people you like to hang out with, and thinking about how, what you want to do, it's a great way to get off track. But really similar, what Brad said last week, is just to be the best friend you can be to someone wherever they are currently in their life. I just think that takes thought. It doesn't happen on accident. It takes us just thinking a little bit about what we think this friend needs in our life having a little bit of purpose, what you think you can do, what kind of friend do you think you can be to them? Not what you think other people can do or like what you heard somebody else do once. Um, think about where your friend's at, what they might need, and what you can do. Have a purpose in that friendship. And the next thing I think we can do in, to have a balance is just to be authentic. Don't fake stuff. Don't pretend. Don't pretend like you know everything or have the perfect answers or the right thing to say. But just be genuine while being purposeful. Let your guard down, be real, say, oh, man, I don't know what you're going through, I've never been through something like that, but I'm really sorry. 
whenever deep things happen like that. Be genuine. Don't pretend like you have to be their counselor suddenly. Um, share advice, absolutely. But don't view that as like your sole role. Be authentic. Be who you actually are as a friend. Uh, but have purpose in it. I think another thing we, can, we would do well to do is just to get rid of that dichotomy. I think a, a, at least a handful of you have a mindset of fun versus deep um, on some of this. And I think it doesn't really help to have that. We kind of think we need to have like a measure of each or something like that as if it's a medicine or something and you got to take one of these and two of these or whatever. So I think it'd just be good to not have that mindset at all. Be purposeful. I think you'll find that, you know, that is a pretty good guide. You might know when a friend really needs to just have some fun. <laughs> like, you're not going to go into a really deep, you know, plumb the depths of our soul's conversation today. We're going to go on a walk. Or we're going to go just hang out and go get some food. Be purposeful. I think that's a pretty good, more holistic picture of friendship rather than a, like, okay, I, we kind of had some deep stuff last time, so let's have some fun stuff this time. That kind of stuff. I think a lot of us think a little too hard and too analytically about stuff, so don't do that. <laughs> um, and I also think one thing, we're talking about this maintaining friendships idea, this whole section. Friendships can be hard to change. You know, we, we get in a pattern with a friend that's been going a certain way for a long time, like the friend I talked about from years ago that was only fun all the time. But just recognize that you make up an entire half of a friendship. You are one of two people in a friendship. And if you're in a not great pattern with a friend, it might feel odd, but it's definitely changeable. It's something you can definitely change. You know, and don't expect them to, to get, you know, change overnight either. But I think it's absolutely worth it to change some patterns that we have in our friendships to be more holistic, more a mixture, more of this level of joy that God wants for our lives, this level of um, just good company that's good for us to be together, and also being able to get in the depths with each other of things that are going on that are hard and, and need to be um, um, discussed and talked about. God gives us each other to do that, so we don't have to go through that stuff alone. Um, God knows it's good for us. So here's just a little bit of homework for you. Um, spend some time thinking and praying about your friends. I think that's a great way to get on board with being purposeful about your friendships is just to pray for them, think about them. The people that are close to you that you're going to be spending time with that week, that you've already have hangouts planned with or whatever, just spend a little bit of time thinking about them and praying about them. Ask yourself what ways you can be a good friend to them right now, where they currently are. Think about, you know, what did they talk about last time? Were they in a kind of hard spot? Okay, that might help you know what to, what to do and what to prioritize for your hangout together. But just I think we can be a little less uh, autopilot on this stuff, and it would go a long way. And then also I think another bit of homework would just be Examine if your friendships are out of balance in some way. Examine if you think you've got some friendships that are way too one way or another, um, way too shallow, that you, you could change that up a little bit. Do you have any friendships that are like that? They're just about the easy and the fun, and that's what you really prioritize together. Or do you have some that are always counseling appointments or gloomy, serious friendships? Just think about it and, and decide um, maybe some steps that you can take going forward to make those friendships more of a holistic, more of a balanced um, friendship. That's pretty much all I have. So um, I'll take some questions now, and then I'll pray after. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, Grant basically said, we don't really have a category a lot of times in our thinking, at least in our community, for many of us, of serious but not necessarily gloomy. So like getting into the deeper parts of, of what's going on in our lives without it having to be a gloomy um, kind of thing. It can also be about talking about the good things, but in a deep way. 
So a category that means deep but isn't only bad. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Agreed. That's a great question. I think, um, yeah, it's, he's basically asking, you mean mostly in a group setting? Okay, asking like sort of is there a time and place for when it's, when it's a good time to share about some serious thoughts you've got going on or whatever, if you're in a context where like a friend group is all together having fun, and how do you kind of break, up, break that up? Is that sort of what you mean? That's a good question. I don't know. I think one of the things that's hard about that is that I think some of that is great to do one-on-one. -on -one. Um, most of what I was th thinking about this week is how the dynamic of our one-on-one -on -one friendships. But I also think that it'd be, it's odd to feel like you shouldn't bring something up with people that are your friends, you know? If something's really going on in your life, I don't think they're really like, a, oh, I'm gonna wait for the perfect moment to share this with them. Um, I don't really know that that's a good thing for us to do. I think we should be real, sort of the, be authentic kind of deal. Um, I don't think it really does a lot of good for us to, uh, to pretend, uh, or as Brad and Willie say, just say everything's okie doke. You know, I don't think that's really helpful for us. Um, does that get at what you're asking? Yeah. Let's, let's pray, and then we're going to do announcements. Lord, thank you so much for just the friends that you place in our lives uh, and for giving us such a good example of what it means to be a friend um, and all the way to the point of laying one's life down. Help us to, to have a holistic picture of friendship. Um, Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would speak to us and guide us in our friendships. Help us be the friend that we need to be to the people you've placed in our life. Help us to hear you first as our guide on that and to listen to others as they also have the Holy Spirit and speak truth to us. Um, Lord, thank you for this community. Help us to just continually renew, refresh, churn the soil of what we think about friendship and help us get out of any uh, ruts or, or ditches or grooves that we've kind of set up for ourselves that are not what your design is for community. Um, thank you for being so good to us, and we love you so much. Amen. All right, we have a few announcements this morning, like actually a lot, so I'm going to make my way through them and try to make as many mistakes as I can, as usual, with giving announcements. So uh, first, do you guys know Armadillo's open uh, at 8 o'clock on Sundays? It's a great place to meet, hang out, maybe actually be in and around the church area on time. Uh, they're also doing like a little makers event afterwards, so you can buy little knickknacks and people's maker things, whatever. Great, good. Uh, MLK Haunted House is coming up at the end of this month. That's always a big event for us to participate in. You know, we don't do a lot with MLK anymore, unfortunately, because we don't meet in their building, but this is one that they kind of expect from us. And this year, the theme is like Christmas for Halloween. So let's scare the hell out of kids. Uh, I don't think of any better way of celebrating Jesus' birth uh, than, uh, than doing that. Scaring, scaring kids, thought of hell. Maybe we'll bring some street pre preachers in. They're pretty good at that. Um, so, MLK, Haunted House. Got it? Ryan's in charge of that. He'll have you guys set up in small groups, and you'll set up individual rooms for their Haunted House. They're a big deal in the community. People love the Haunted House. It's cheap. There's always a long line. People go through multiple times. It's uh, super great. Okay? So, that's that. Um, Retreat is coming up as well, and two weekends, 10, 17, three weekends, somewhere around there. Okay, help me out. Thank you. 23rd and 24th, uh, please sign up uh, on the, um, the URL here. You have motel rooms. We're going to have a great weekend uh, of mostly just spending time with each other and do some fun stuff for the kids with Halloween, uh, pumpkin carving, harvest fest, whatever you want to call it. 
Um, yeah, it'll be really fun. It'll be nice. I don't like retreats. I, I don't like being around people uh, for long periods of time. Um, but I am looking forward to this retreat because it's one of those events that I go to and then I, I can't think back to a retreat I didn't enjoy. It's one of, I don't know if you guys do this, but you like just expect you're not going to enjoy something. And then you go back and actually think through, okay, what, what time did I really not enjoy one of these? What time did I have like a, a traumatic experience that explains why I hate doing this so much? I haven't had that with any of our church retreats. Um, they're awesome. They're great. We're going to kind of lay out some, you know, just future planning for the year, values, beliefs, m- mission, all that good stuff. So be there for that. Also, if for nothing else, then to get your first ever DNC t-shirt, okay? Um, and we are not going to tell you what it looks like. So let's just say this. Uh, we're going to do it right, okay? We're going to do it up. We're Denton, so we're going to do things very strange. So that's all I'll say. You have to buy the t-shirt not knowing what it's going to look like. And it will be revealed to you uh, at our retreat. And so, yeah, there you go. Sign up here for first ever Denton North Church t-shirt. Took us nine years to finally get one, um, but it's worth it. Absolutely. Okay? Yes. Yes, college students are invited to the retreat. I know that's two weekends in a row for retreating, but uh, hey. Oh, that's right, because you guys are next weekend. Okay, good. Yeah, you got a week in between. Um, so yeah, college students, we absolutely want you at the retreat. The retreat is really, we're not doing a lot of talks and stuff. We're doing worship and we're spending time together, planned activities and things like that that you can join in or not. Uh, okay, cool. Great. So, uh, yes, the prayer meeting, we'll do our normal prayer meeting this Monday at the Rose at seven o'clock. Um, kind of the prayer meeting has been the same crowd. So I would encourage some of you guys to actually show up to that, myself included, um, and spend some time with our elders and staff just praying for the needs of our church and our community. Each week there's a different theme, uh, and this is an awesome opportunity um, to make a difference in our community um, by really paying attention to what God wants for us. Um, next week on the 10th, when the college students are gone, we are going to have a parents' meeting during church, okay? And this is an opportunity for parents to just sort of weigh in on... Um, you know, childcare and sort of where we're moving in our um, childcare and jam and all that stuff. We've got two new leaders in Back in Derby, and then we've also got um, just some kids all of a sudden. So we kind of need to figure out how to do that. Uh, so yeah, great. Yep, Jessica. That's right. I said Becca. Sorry, Becca. I'm awful. Oh. <laughs> I only made one mistake so far. I think. It's during church, yeah. Yeah, then, yes. No, 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 no. Okay, now, <laughs> I will be here on the 10th preaching, okay? So you better come. And I am only preaching to the non-parents. So I'm going to challenge all of you non-parents uh, that week on friendship, apparently. So... Yes, no, we are meeting. They're just going to, like, go and have some little cool parent meeting in another room, I probably upstairs, um, you know, probably all sleep. Uh, I doubt the meeting will even happen. They'll just all fall asleep immediately. Um, so, yeah, so that's the parent meeting next week, the 10th, to talk about child It was just the easiest way to do it because we have child care provided, right? Uh, so that's what we're doing next week. Yes, we are still meeting. It's just uh, without parents. Okay. So, uh, let's see, Bolivia. 
If you want updates uh, or have, haven't thought about this uh, after Danielle and Franco came, um, please still consider this. If you want updates, you can get them here. Um, and we're really excited about this ministry because long-term we think we can partner with them uh, and uh, ultimately send people there and, um, and just be blessed by you know, hearing what they're doing. And if you missed that, we have that recorded, so you can still listen to that on the DNC uh, page. Uh, okay, last, or at last two here, um, giving. We give uh, on Tithely. This is kind of our section here. Let me just say something about this. We do not talk about giving much around here. And partially is because early on we were a church of a bunch of poor-ish college students. Uh, but now as you guys have you know, gotten jobs and you're adults, we need you to give consistently around here. As Josh says, our giving goes directly back into the lives of the people here. Investing in you, investing in people. Um, we don't do this because we get paid real well. Uh, our salaries are way lower than what other churches pay their pastors, okay? Leslie's like full-time here and makes like 2400 or 2500 and each year she's like trying to like lower her salary, all right? Josh makes like two, Garrett makes like 15, I make like 500 a month. I worked for free for a couple years. Guys, all of us would be doing ministry here whether or not we got paid, okay, if we could swing it. And so just make sure that you're thinking through as you, you know, have more money and that you're not just maximizing, you know, the, your field. You're leaving the corners open for a variety of good things, including church stuff in terms of giving, okay? So commit to doing that, um, and that's just an opportunity that's important uh, as a part of being in the church. And then another opportunity, in some ways even more important, although we don't have to compare, is our leadership opportunities. This church was built on volunteers, and our major volunteer team is called Chulas, church leaders. And uh, so we're going to have our Chula teams in the back this morning after church. If you're interested, this is for non-college or kind of late college, I think we've accepted, um, for leading in these various areas. We have a tech team, okay? We have a service team. We have an in-reach team that focuses primarily on relationships here, and then a focused transition team. And so if that's something that you want to do to be a part of leadership in our church, these are really fun uh, uh, groups that really kind of make our church operate. All right? So they're going to be in the back at the end here, and that way you can talk to them uh, and, uh, and get some information. Do a fairly good job of that, announcements? Yeah? Nine? There? Good? Okay. Guys, have an awesome week. Uh, Look forward this week to really thinking about your friendships, rethinking where they should go, where they should be at, uh, and more than anything, just asking that God will give you uh, a sense of purpose and joy and peace and really relating with people as he created us to do. All right, go. Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.